Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, it's Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphian on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more. Presented by the Majestic Grill. Rediscovered downtown dining. Chris Harrington on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. Chris Harrington joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? That's uh, Manic Depression by Jimi Hendrix. Born on this day in 1942, sending it out to the Grizzlies fan base. I know what I want, but I just don't know how to go about getting it, Jimmy says. Let's see. Uh, we had uh, we had a couple weeks ago the airing of grievances on Twitter. Uh, now we have the air of, airing of grievances in the huddle, evidently. Um, right. is, uh, they, they lose in consecutive games by 20, 21, and 22. Um is it as simple as they're missing five of their seven best players? I lost count earlier. I said four. No, but it's just Stephen Adams, Marcus Smart, uh, Brandon, and Luke. That's five uh, of their seven best players. Yeah, or at least five of their eight best players. I mean, I you know, it was Sosanti in there. I, right. I think if, you know, if your team is at full strength and you're putting together eight-man rotation, that is five of the eight. Right. And is it as simple as that? No, but is that by far the main reason? That is by far the main reason for the struggles. Now, does it, are they, have they maximized what they have left to work with? No, I don't think they have. And so, you know, I, I do think I, – and I was not at the game last night. Uh, it was the first home game that I missed. Uh, that didn't work for them. So it's totally <laughs> something new. Um, I was there Friday night. I covered that game um, for us. And Friday night to me was – the Marcus Martin thing, sort of the punctuation on the week. Right. But to me, from a basketball perspective, the at Houston and the home against Phoenix were actually worse losses basketball-wise than the one against Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is, you know, really one good. of the best, maybe the best team in the West right now. They were without Jane McDaniels, but otherwise mostly at full strength. You know, Phoenix comes in, and Phoenix is playing well right now, but Phoenix comes in, and that's a team with a three-man core and a bunch of just random dudes. And they only had one of their three. The Grizzlies had two. And on Friday night, you know, it's a nip and tuck game, and then with four minutes to go in the half, the Grizzlies just collapse, and it felt like they were just done at that point. It felt like it was over at halftime. And so I do think the absences are the main reason they're struggling, but I think the struggles have compounded. I think there's been a sense in the past week of resignation creeping in, a sense of we know we have a bad hand, why even play it? You know, I do think there's some danger of that happening right now. Yeah, I think you see this occasionally. People will say, you know, if we're not hitting shots, it spills over to our defensive effort in a micro way in games all the time. You hear coaches talk about that. We got to play. And yet I think there I do imagine there probably is some larger sense of futility here. Um, I don't know. What did you make of Marcus Smart? I I obviously didn't witness that, um, but. I don't think hardly anybody witnessed it, you know, other than the the people seeing the first three rows behind right. the bench. I think people found out about that later, even people in the arena and watching the game live. Most people had no idea that it happened. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. I'm processing my feelings on this one. I have sort of mixed feelings about it. 
you know, Marcus Morris is not playing right now. Right. And when he was playing, he wasn't playing that great. And he's yelling at a bunch, not entirely, but for the most part, a bunch of dudes who are like G League players and like dudes signed <laughs> right. off the street as in-season free agents and guys on rookie contracts who just might not be that good and might not have the ability to be that good. It's like sometimes when you're not good, I mean, Marcus Mark in my house to yell at me all he wants. I'm still missing jump shots, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so there's some of that with it. On the other hand, I like I said, just said before, I don't think I think the I think the effort and the energy has been sapped by the struggle a little bit. I think that's true, and so for him, you know, to, to say the team is not playing as hard or as focused or as well as it could, even in the face of its what if it's, if its absences, I do think there's truth to that, and so that's why I sort of have mixed feelings about it. Will it will this be effective or not? I'd like to say we'll find out Wednesday, but the reality is we may or may not find out Wednesday. What will happen is like whatever happens on Wednesday, we'll then well, ascribe the Marcus right. Smart rant to it, you know? So if they finally beat the Jazz in a third try, we'll say, ah, Marcus Smart lit a fire. And if they lose to the Jazz, we'll say, oh, it didn't, it didn't matter. And so I don't know. I have mixed feelings. I do think it's notable the difference between Marcus Smart's reaction. And, and some of the comments, and I, I'm going to write about this today. I wrote a little bit about it at the game Friday, but some of the comments from, from Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain, who have, by the way, been out there every single game this season, and their comments are a lot more calm and a lot more measured. But where's the line between calm and resignation? And that, to me, is what I'm struggling with. Well, Derek Rose is also a less heated version of it. Like, he's spoken up, too, and he's out there. And actually, by the way, playing pretty well. You know, it's a the, the, yeah. what you got from Derrick Rose is pretty much the best you could expect from Derrick Rose. Um, maybe it's too much to expect on a consistent basis from Derrick Rose, but he said some things as well about not talking on defense and 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 whatnot. Um, in terms of Dez and Jaron, so the last two games um, against the Suns, uh, they were eight of twenty-five, nineteen points. Now Dez has the ankle, um, and so right. that was clearly. I was at that game, and that was clearly affecting him. Did have, I think, 10 assists. But um, 8 of 25, they combined for 19 points against the Suns. Against the Wolves, uh, they were they combined for 31 points, 9 of 30. Is that uh, the injury? Is that resignation? Is that two off nights? But it's is that that they're not good enough well, to I mean, carry this gotta, team? Go ahead. you got to separate the two players. Yeah. Um, uh, Bane's ba- ba- banged up right now. Uh, Bane's been playing great. I think even in playing great, I mean, I think we've seen that, like, yeah, you know, it's a lot better when he's when he's can play off ball more, and and you know, he's like the number two guy instead of the number one guy, right. scoring wise. But I think generally Bain has been great this season, um, this current playing through injury notwithstanding. Uh, Jaron's been way more up and down. Um, he, you know, he he was bad opening night, but then after that, he was really good for like several weeks. And like he he and Bade were both like slapping together like mutual thirty point games, and they're losing anyway. Right. There was a lot of that. I think the last week or two, um, Jaron has not been as good. I think you know, like Bain, he's getting a lot more defensive attention, and unlike Bain, he is struggling to self create against the defensive attention, which is. You know, somewhat not as surprising because he's not as good of a one-on-one offensive player. Um, I think if you look, if you dove into the stats, which I haven't done, but if you dove into the stats, I think you would see that he's having to create a lot more for himself. He's getting a lot fewer assisted baskets. So most of his attempts are more unassisted kind of stuff. And that is not his strength. He is at his best 
when he can play off of other scorers and be more of a finisher. And I think you're seeing that if Bain is better off being the second option, Jaron even more so is better off being the third option offensively. And I suspect, you know, these offensive struggles and the offensive burden he's having to carry has sort of sapped the defense a little bit. And so Jaron has not played well. The funny thing, if you played poorly last night, he's still probably the team's best player, but that wasn't saying much. Um, I, Jared has not been playing well the last couple of weeks, and, and there's a lot of environmental factors for that, but there's also just he has not been playing well. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is interesting. So much of this seems to me to be, like, people often say, and Jock comes back, how much can he fix? Well, he fixes a lot, A, because he's awesome, but so much of what's gone wrong seems to be players being asked to do things they can't do or are not really comfortable doing. Whether it's, you know, even David Roddy, like anytime he tries to create something, it's I just, you know, want to slap my head. Like it's players, Des having to be on ball, Jaron having, like everyone is being asked to do more than they are supposed to do a, a little bit in a properly configured lineup. Isn't that, I actually think it could fit in, like a lot of this could be fixed by the addition of Ja. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, you, you get Kennard back, you get Smart back. Right. I, I mean, I, I think if, if this team can get, you know, its core, it, 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 its rotation, nominal rotation that they could they could have this season healthy, I think the team can will can be pretty good if it still has you know the will to to be right. that. But I think we've reached the point now, and I did not think we were going to get to this point uh, this early. Um, given that the, the the playoff line is the at least the postseason line is goes to ten, not to eight right. now, I did not think we were going to get to that point at this. But at three and thirteen, and you got to assume that this is not the low water mark in terms of games back of ten with Josh still you know ten games out or whatever. I, you know it, they're four and a half back now. If they're seven back or whatever when Josh comes back, I. I I, I think we're sort of reaching the point where you don't so you don't give up on the idea that you could be the ten because right. I don't think your actual behavior changes that much. You're still just trying to play good basketball. But I'm thinking more about what's what's the bigger picture of of, of getting the franchise back on track more than this season. Um, yeah, it feels like they'll be seven back, right? If there's something like right. that, they're four and a half back now. I think if they're seven back, obviously you just try to play well, I got, right? You try to play well. You try to reestablish yourself as a credible team and uh, see what you have when the p- team... I, I do wonder, like, do you ever... Do you manage your roster differently or do you coach differently if if you've decided that it's out of reach? Or I guess you were not there yet. Well, I'm, I'm, that's part... That's in, in a broader way, that's what I think I'm going to write about a little bit today. I think in the near term, no. I, th- I think... I think organizationally they have to be watching this and thinking about different paths to go. But I think the, the, the organizational, that, that doesn't filter down to actual day-to-day, day-to-day decisions for, for a little bit yet. And so I think from a team perspective, from, an, from a boots on the ground, games are always coming. 
nothing changes other than like trying to get guys healthy and get guys back and play better. But along that path, I think the organization needs to be thinking about some broader stuff that that may impact decisions you make later in the season. But like for the next few three or four weeks, there's there's nothing to do. Like if you say, okay, it's time to punt the season, that right. does not change your behavior. <laughs> right, exactly. In the next in the next few weeks, you know, you're still trying to get guys back and get them back on the floor and 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 get yourself playing better basketball. So you can have a better, you can better evaluate what you have. Like, how do you how do you evaluate your Marcus Smart decision right. until you get him on the floor playing basketball with John Moran? You know, right. yeah. Um, Taylor Jenkins. Um, I don't imagine there's he's a there's a short you know there, there's a short fuse with Taylor Jenkins given his record of achievement here certainly in regular seasons and the way that this organization operates. At some point, I, I, I guess you point. Yeah, you said one. You said once you can't be two and, and seventy nine, right? So at some right, point, right, right. something would happen. But like, what do you yeah. make of? And like that Friday, he didn't play Zaire. He played Vince instead of Zaire. Like he's trying stuff. I don't know. Like what? What do you? What do you make of the job he's done or the job security he should have? I I, I think again, their problems are primarily out of his hands, and I right now. But if you're trying to look and see the fingerprints of coaching a, a bad situation, you know, a worse situation, you know, bad or a bad situation, less bad or whatever, I think you, you can't find it. Uh, and so I don't – it's hard to look at this and say, well, you know, he's acquitted himself well amid all the struggle. You can say the struggle is not his fault, but I, I, I don't see the fingerprints of coaching making the bad situation better right now. Um, that said, I, I, I just can't even imagine they would do anything relative to the coaching position anytime soon. Now, do I think you evaluate that later in the season, as you do all the time? Yep. Do I think that, that if, if, if you do start getting guys back and you have a team on the floor that seems better able to compete and you are still not competing, does, that, does the calculus change on that? I think the calculus is in danger of changing on that, but I think it's got to get to that point. I, don't, I just don't think right now – I know – I know, you know, you always find fans on social media or whatever saying, you got to fire the coach, you got to fire the GM, you got to do that, you got to do this. Right now is not the time to do that. But you're always evaluating how things are going. Well, it's a little bit like the Marcus Smart thing. How do you evaluate Marcus Smart when he's not on the floor, A, and he's not playing with Ja? And I guess the same thing is is true with, with Taylor and this group. Um, they did uh, add Jalen Noel and Shaq Harrison on hardship contracts. Explain all of that to us. Yeah, that's the situation. I mean, this has happened before a few times over the years. I remember, like, Darrell Arthur getting hurt one year on this happening. I can't remember who they signed. But I didn't I, – I wasn't – I knew they were creeping up on that eligibility. I wasn't sure they would actually do it just because the injury stuff is short-term enough. And, in fact, the Tillman injury doesn't even factor into this. Um, and so you have to have four players out for a certain amount of time, you know, both past tense and I think forward looking to get an open, to get a spot. They have five. So that's what gave them two. Um, and so they'll have these guys, you know, until or 10 day contracts, but you know, it, it, until like, it, you know, one of these players comes back and then, you know, then one of the contracts would disappear or et cetera. I don't, I think Jalen, Jalen Noel has some offensive ability that this roster could use, but I just don't see how you like, you know, cut a guy under contract to keep, you know, this dude. So I, I don't, I don't, I, I would be surprised if these guys have a, a future with the team beyond the next, you know, a couple of weeks. What have you uh, thought of Santi? Um, he was disappointing in the second 
the, was that Houston? So he moved to the starting lineup against Boston, had a really good game, and like they almost win that game. And then he was pretty bad at, at, at Houston, which was disappointing. He's been productive again the last two. I, I, I think, again, I, I think like the whole team, he's sort of drowning a little bit in, 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 this, in, this, in this just situation that's not working. But I think he has been pretty productive, and, and I think, you know, I, I feel better, not worse about him now than I did before the season started. Um, and so I, I think, you know, if you want to try to find success stories in this season, I think, the, you know, the one guy maybe you feel better about than, than you did before could be. Uh, all right. Uh, you're going to have a piece up, I presume, later today. Oh, Mike Connolly returns with a really good team <laughs> in Minnesota. What do you yeah. uh, what do you think of the Timberwolves um, as they are? Yeah, as you said, maybe the best team in the West right now. How realistic are they as a contender to actually emerge from the West or to make a Western Conference Finals? Oh, oh, I think it's wide open to make the Western Conference Finals, which is one of the bummers about the Grizzlies season, you know, going upside down. Um, so I, that wouldn't surprise me. I, I don't know, other than Denver, I don't know if there's any any other team out there. Right. Now Denver's falling down a little bit, a little that's bit. because Jamal Murray's hurt. I think you get Jamal Murray back, Denver's still the best team in the West. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if Minnesota was the second-best team in the West. I, I do think that they are highly dependent on Conley, and given his age, I would be worried about that. I, I think if you take him out of the mix, I think that team could, could start to get hinky, like sort of in a hurry. And I don't. I, I would wonder about if, if he's going to be able to keep playing this well this much as you get deeper into the season. That would be my biggest concern for them. As I, I feel like they're a little too dependent on Mike Conley. I saw he's out there. I think that team's really good. He had eighteen and ten against the Grizzlies. I saw a piece where they said that they call him Minnesota Mike. He can't be. He's only been there a year and he can't be Minnesota Mike right. yet. That seems premature. But I'm glad he's ended up in a in a good spot. All right, Chris, we appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thanks.